All right, we're recording the post show of episode 387. Let me show you this gift. Wrong spell, Harry. Oops, you saw, you saw the, the punchline. Anyway. He does his, oh, okay. <laughs> his green like thing where he's teleporting and blows up the sept. Uh, okay. Yeah, I don't know much about Harry Potter, but I, I get the joke yes. if I don't appreciate all of the nuance of it. Remember when, remember when babies were like this? Remember when babies were like that? Okay. Remember how fun that was when they were uh-huh. like, yeah. That's all you gotta do when they were like, ah! Yeah. They don't say that way very long. No. You gotta keep popping out more if you want to keep that going. And that's just... <laughs> what do you do with the old ones? Yeah. <laughs> that's why you get a dog, right? Because they stay that way. Right. Good point. <laughs> Good point. Uh, so before we forget, uh, no free trials. I don't blame anyone. That's a lot of work. Yeah. To give us a couple bucks, but figure it was worth a try. If you're having a baby shower or something like that, a wedding registry, use the uh, Craft Beer Radio link to set that up on Amazon. That would be pretty cool. Greg doesn't want to do Amazon Anonymous. Someone bought a Milwaukee hand truck, a dolly, two dollies actually. Ooh. And cool. uh, yeah, so you can get a nice steel dolly hand truck on the Amazon. Who would have thought? Who would have thought that a dolly would cost three hundred and ten dollars? That's a good dolly. Yeah, I would have pegged dolly at about sixty bucks. And when he says dolly, he means like one of those um, hand truck. Yeah, but it's not like I wouldn't know what you're talking about. Okay. So when you think about, um, it's got two wheels on it and a little thing, so it's like a. A tiny little forklift that you that you can. If you need to carry five cases of beer, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you, you can stack them on this thing. You might see them at the airport or something when they put a lot of boxes on something. Somebody, but somebody else can somebody can move them. A person can move it instead of having a forklift. It's uh, one of those. All right. Yeah, I would have pegged the, this dolly at about sixty bucks, not three hundred and ten. So thank, thank you. Thank you. Here's a question for you. Okay. If I ask you. Uh, what are the uh, tell me the tell me the states of matter? States of matter. You have the solid state of matter, the liquid state of matter, the gaseous state of matter, and then you have plasma. And uh, new plasma. Oh, there's others. <laughs> because what you're talking about really is. Those particular things are on kind of a temperature gradient. Okay. Um, right, so of stuff that we're used to. So you have your solids, which is the low temperature, and you have liquids, higher temperature, gas, even higher temperature, and then plasma, even higher temperature. Roughly, okay. with stuff that we're used to. Mm-hmm. Not, I mean, and, and some things we're used to being liquid in, in room temperature. Some things we're used to being solid room temperature. Some things we're used to being gases room temperature. Not much as plasma at room temperature. But uh, you can get plasma very simply. Just light a fire, there's plasma there. Mm-hmm. But there are other ones. Bose-Einstein condensate is an example. Oh, Okay. That requires extraordinarily cold temperatures, and it's not something that's taught a lot because it's a very quantum mechanical thing to understand exactly how 
uh, the condensate forms and what that means because all these essentially the idea is you have things that normally act as fermions normally they can't share the same space but they get the same spin and they can all share the same space and share the same sort of atomic feature so it all acts as one big atom and it only happens because quantum mechanics lets it happen it doesn't happen in classical mechanics this kind of thing but uh there's various other uh other types of really what we're talking about is phase transitions right there's a transition from solid to liquid. There's a transition from liquid to gas. There's a transition from gaseous to Bose-Einstein condensate. There's a transition uh, at a solid level to superconductivity. Oh, okay. The different state of matter? It might as well be thought as one. So, I mean, states of matter, right? I mean, the way they're defined is... The way way I think yeah. that they are defined, right? So you have the solid where the particles are kind of fixed in relation to each mm-hmm. other. They uh, cannot be compressed. They can still be compressed. Well, okay. Again, I'm using kind yeah. of my yeah. rough terms. Then you got liquid, right, where the particles are fluid. Mm-hmm. In relation to each other, and but it still does not get compressed. So they will fill the shape of a container, as opposed sure. to not. Right. It's supposed to stay the solid position. Sure, but they you can't compress a liquid, mm-hmm. right? Well, uh, you can a little itty bitty bit. Like water is is it's very hard to compress. But other liquids you can compress. I mean, if you couldn't, then why would you have things like propane and? Uh, well, propane's a, a gas. It's compressed normal temperatures, liquid. and when and you it's... can compress it further and, be, and make it a solid. Uh, in fact, we think that in the middle of Jupiter is a right a hydrogen but... metal. Oh yeah, no one's actually. <laughs> so we've been looking for metallic hydrogen, yeah, and we've never been able to find it, which would have very interesting properties, including. Uh, Essentially, superconductivity. It should, I believe, will have superconductivity, and so it would have a that that explains why Jupiter's magnetic field is so huge because it really is a lot of charges. Oh, moving okay. So what what I was taught in high school, right, was gases can be compressed. Yeah, yeah. It'll fill the container and be compressed. Liquid is not compressible. Yeah, and, and what you're taught in high school is roughly what you should what you would encounter. But these other states are out there, and I, I think they're interesting. This this is based on a question I saw when somebody asked, "How come people aren't teaching about uh, Bose-Einstein condensate as another state of matter in physics class mm-hmm. in high school?" And it's like, well, because in order to understand what a BEC actually is, like you, like you said, you, you have a basic understanding of all these four, and and you, your plasma understanding maybe like not, it's not complete, yeah, but yeah. you get it's the. The orbital, you know, the electrons going to a lower energy state. And the electrons are essentially stripped yeah, off. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're they're free to move around yeah. without being bound to the atoms because it's it's so high energy. Um, but past that, the other stuff like superconductivity and and both the same kind of state, you can't understand with that without understanding quantum mechanics. Uh, superfluidity is another example. Helium at uh, very cold temperatures becomes superfluid. Um. It's uh, it is a different it's a different way that things move. It, it will it will find any 
deviation, any crack, and go mm-hmm. into it. Mm-hmm. So it's a great way to test for that's, leaks. That's the thing where uh, superfluids will like climb the edge of a jar and yep. go over the rim, right? Yep. So their like surface tension is overpowers gravity or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Well, at least our Earth's gravity. Yeah. Uh, there's a transition between... There's a transition called the Curie temperature, where something that's ferromagnetic, like one of these magnets, mm-hmm. if you heat it up enough, it will lose its magnet. Because mm-hmm. essentially, you know, all spins are aligned a certain way, mm-hmm. and if you heat it up and en- heat it up enough, then they'll the break sp- free. The spins will stop being on. So that's a transition. Um, neutron star is an example of a different type of matter uh, when you have this uh, degeneracy pressure uh, from the gravity. So the uh, so uh, uh, if you think of like a white dwarf, where you have um, all the, the gravity is pulling really hard, but the electrons are not compressing anymore because of the Pauli exclusion principle, because they can't be mm-hmm. in the same state, right. uh, same place, in, in the same. It's not the same place mm-hmm. as much as same state. Okay, uh, I'll explain that in a little bit. Okay. Um, but uh, so so that's one, and then a neutron star, the gravity is even more, and it the uh, it actually overcomes the Pauli exclusion principle enough that the electrons are pulled into the protons and turn into neutrons. Uh, so that's a different type of state of matter, uh, and you can't have that outside of that huge gravitational. So here's a question for you about that. Yeah, are they pulled into the proton and the particle changes, or are they so close that the properties of that area of space-time is a, a neutron? You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying, and the answer is both, but from uh, from a perspective of understanding, the best way to think about it would be there's enough gravitational potential energy pulling down that the electron moves into the the proton and the, there's enough energy to generate an additional neutrino uh, out of the vacuum to create the spin uh, requirement necessary to create a, to, to turn the proton into a neutron. Okay. All right. But in terms of real, like the fundamental quantum mechanics, is there a difference between a space is a neutron space versus a, a proton, electron, right and it. neutrino space? That's a very philosophical question at some point. Okay. <laughs> is it a good question? <laughs> it is. A, it's an excellent question. It is an excellent question. Uh, I don't have a good answer. Okay. I only have an answer that how you would calculate what's going on. Right. Um, there, there's weird, there's weird other ways. There's, there's something called a quantum spin liquid that I don't understand. Uh, there is uh, various quasi states. Um, like, for example, uh, let me see if I, I saved something that had a good uh, example of some other stuff in here. I have it. Like, there's a... There are certain quasi-states that matter where, like, a colloid is... Um, let's see if I have this right. It's uh, a... F- 
I think jelly is an example of a colloid, where it's uh, a structural support made of some other thing with water inside of it. Okay. So there are very there are lots of different ways that matter can organize and and, and say, but if you're talking about phases of matter, you're really talking about state changes, and there are a bunch of them as it turns out. But yeah, you don't really talk about that in your basic physics. Mm-hmm. But let's talk. Let me let me let me get to the point where you said um, the Pollock's Susan principle. You were like they can't be in the same sure. place. Sure. Well, they can be, but not the same. Right. Right. Because there's the uncertainty. Well, okay, so let me let's give you the example of um, of an atom. Let's take that. So you have in the center, you have a nucleus, and you know that the electrons are not actually spinning around. Mm-hmm. There is an orbital, right? And uh, so if it's a if it's a helium atom, for example, then this orbital can contain two electrons. Right, one of them would have a spin up, one of them would have a spin down. Right, that can happen. So they're they both are effectively in the same spot, but their their phase is different. So what you have to think about is think about the electron not as not as a particle. Think of it as a standing wave. So you have right. Some distance that you get one wave front in, like that, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other possible option is uh, like that, mm-hmm. right? So you can have the, both of those possible standing waves in there. And they'll sort of oscillate back and forth, or you can't really tell which one is which. But to give you an idea, you can only fit one of those in that first orbital. One one of right. those full wave, one of those full waves, and then in the second orbit. So you can't fit one and a half. That won't work. You have to fit just one, and in the second orbital it has to be just a standing wave with with two modes. Mm-hmm. Right. So you have in the second orbital, you have like that, and then you can have. When they go like that, but then you also have something that that fluctuates a little bit differently, mm-hmm. and so you have these these orbitals that are based on just full transitions of standing right. waves. Okay. In effect, you can think of it as an atom is is almost a receptacle for a piece of information that the electron plays that role. You can only fit. In its first thing, it can only fit two electrons in there. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it can't have any more unless it has more positive charge to fit more. But the interesting thing in chemistry comes is that when you have these other shells, uh, the tendency is for atoms to like to be the same spin when they're when the shell's not full. So okay. you have a tendency for like things with sixteen electrons in them, or you know something that's not a full shell. Mm-hmm. It will like to have like everything will be in in up if it's not full, instead of it being just 
up and down. Right. And that's where chemistry comes from. That interaction between positive and negative when you have these. Um, it's been so long. I, I don't remember how covalent and ionic bonds yeah. work. But it must be, you know, it was taught to us that there is um, holes in the outermost shell, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, kind of there was a low pressure that pulls things in. You know, adding spin probably helps visualize it a little bit more, but I'd have to brush up on bonds a lot. Spin tends a weird thing um, because spin is... Spin to you and me is angular momentum, right? And we can think of that as like our our uh, our planet rotates and has angular momentum. But how does a one-dimensional particle rotate? Well, there's no... There's nothing. There's no way for it to rotate, but it's exactly equivalent the way that we work out the the how it works. It's exactly equivalent to angular momentum. So it's some kind of angular momentum that's sort of intrinsic. Okay, I can get that later when I talk about the, the Dirac stuff because Dirac was like I kind of figured that all out. Okay. Um. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. You can tell me if you did or not. That's good. I don't know if the listeners appreciated it without all the diagrams, but, you know. Yeah. Who cares about them, right? (laughs) Um, This was an interesting question. I didn't have an answer to this. Why Why would a fundamental particle with a spin of two automatically make it a graviton? So we've talked about the spin particles and how fermions, electrons, quarks have a spin one half. Okay. Uh, photons, uh, WZ boson, gluons have a spin one. A hypothetical graviton have a spin two. And the question is, why would a spin two boson necessarily be a graviton? And the answer, it turns out. And I started to understand it as I as I got as I read into it, but I don't know how how well I can communicate it. Uh, any massless spin two particle would be indistinguishable from a graviton. Okay. Now I don't know a good way to explain it because it really comes down to the math, but basically, gravity is always an attractive force. Because it's this thing called the stress energy tensor. Whereas electromagnetism has a has two poles, right? Uh, gravity has basically one pole. It's just one, and the spin has to do with whether it can occupy a couple possible states, and a graviton can't because it's spinning too fast, essentially. Okay. So it has to be either that or it's, indist- it's indistinguishable from a graviton. Uh, again, it's not a good explanation. It's the best I can do. It's a good question, though. It's a really good question. Okay. Anything else? You got anything? Uh, I... I don't think so. Let's look at some tweets. Um, so I did some some tweets that I did. Some Greg explains his tweets. My latest tweet is uh, 
You don't have to join them, but if you succumb to treating them as an enemy, they will fight back, and that always leads to pain. So that's more about... I know. I get it. There are people that you dislike. There are people I dislike. There are people whose views I dislike. Way outlooks and stuff I dislike. But here's the deal. You don't have to join them. You don't have to play around with them. Let them be. Let them have their fun. If you start treating them, instead of just they have their opinion, whatever, if you start treating them as an enemy, then they will fight back. And that, as we can see, just leads to pain. Mm-hmm. So that that's my, like, Gandhi moment. <laughs> like, come <laughs> on, guys. I know it annoys you. I know you hate them and they suck. Believe me. Uh, you know, I feel that way about certain, you know, people and <laughs> they do things. But it's much better off for me to not hate them and just say they can do what they want as long as they don't bother me and not make them into my enemy. Yes. Uh, this one was, was very abstract. Uh, this tweet was, you know, these levers are the only ones we can access. Might as well use them. Very, very abstract tweet. What I'm discussing here is something along the lines of... It's, it's, a, it's an argument against solipsism, I suppose. Are you familiar with solipsism? So solipsism is the mm-hmm. idea that maybe... Our entire experience is in our brains, and we could be a brain in a vat. We wouldn't know it. That kind of thing. How how do we how do we know that the that the universe is real? How do we know that that our reality is the ultimate reality, okay. et cetera, et cetera? And my point here is simply that as it uh, the way it works and and the way it appears, there's only we only have access to these levers. <laughs> so let's play around with these and see what happens. Instead of wondering about all the possible levers that are out there. Let's work with the levers we have. And maybe we'll find more if we play with these levers. But let's not think about, well, there could be a lever in, in null space in, in, in Hyperdome. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Actually, I just thought of something. So um, I've been playing on the Xbox 360 Elder Scrolls IV Oblivion. Okay. Just finished it today. It's it's been it's been a while. Play Skyrim. Skyrim's so good. I actually I just downloaded Skyrim. Oh, it's so because it's the follow on to it. The kids love watching me play Oblivion, uh-huh. and um, the worst part is when you save, it tells you how many hours you've played. Uh-huh. Two hundred and twenty four hours. I got you beat with Skyrim. I'm, I'm well past three hundred. Skyrim is fantastic. Oh, I can't believe how rich Oblivion is. Skyrim's even richer. It's just. It's this huge world, and you can do whatever you want, and you can do everything. Yeah. Right? Well, that's it. I mean, so this 224 hours, right? I start out in the Fighters Guild. Uh-huh. Then I, I, I never maxed out the Fighters Guild. There's so many bugs in the console version of the game sure. that I got so many quests that were hung. Uh, so I couldn't activate the next version of the Fighters Guild thing. I um, became the Master of the Thieves Guild. I played the Mages Guild for a while. That one might still be active. I might be able to play some more Mages Guild. The Dark Brotherhood, I maxed mm-hmm. that one out. I you know, I went through and then today I could tell that the main storyline was like getting towards the end, so I did the last two quests on the main storyline. The thing is, like when you 
finished. Like, there's like no grand finale. No, it's the sandbox. You, you can keep yeah. doing whatever the hell you're doing. Yeah. And like, you know, and, and I know Skyrim, I didn't play Oblivion, but I know Skyrim is this way. It, it'll keep generating quests for you if you wanted to keep doing quests. Oh, okay. So, I mean, there were still a ton yeah. of dungeons, but the, the hard part is it's hard to keep track of, I mean, without a better mechanism. The game doesn't help you keep track of which dungeons you've cleared and which ones you've just discovered. Okay. So, and, yeah, Skyrim does that. Uh, but at the same time, um, it, you know, a- after you get to a certain point, it'll start reusing dungeons. You'll just mm-hmm. have to find new things in there. Yeah. Uh, but there, there's a whole bunch of quests. There's a whole, there's a bunch of procedurally generated quests. The the actual dungeons, from what I understand, are better laid out. It's not just there's here's the red dungeon, here's the green dungeon, here's the blue. So there's there's like a lot of different. Uh, yeah, I can definitely see some like when you're in the cave or the mine dungeons. Mm-hmm. They reuse a lot of yeah. large architectural pieces of it. Yeah, and that's not the way it is in Skyrim. It, it feels. I've mean, heard so good. I mean, Oblivion's ten years old. Yeah, but it was still a hell of a game. I yeah, mean, I was so surprised that I could not believe when I was forty, fifty, sixty, seventy hours in. Like I'm still learning the ropes here. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I got to the point where I had leveled up so much that everything was easy. So then I just started working on just knocking Oh, yeah. Well, that, that's that's kind of the fun part is you get to the point where you are just, you are like a god. You mm-hmm. are, you can just destroy everything that's in your path. Yeah. So I leveled up so high that really the last, so the second to last uh-huh. quest, which I thought was going to be the last quest, I, um, I didn't die but like I, I had the guy down, I had the boss down to just a little bit of health, and he cast a spell that gave him full health back again. I'm like, shit, <laughs> like what am I gonna do? But I gave him a paralyzed spell, and when he was on the ground, I just started hacking at him, and that <laughs> that did it. Yeah, and you know, you, I get powerful enough in in Skyrim that yeah, you just you you walk through dungeons mm-hmm. and nothing can hurt you, and just the final mission, yeah. I died. Probably six times, and it was crazy because I haven't died in months. Yeah, you know, and I in the final final mission, the final quest, I died like six times. So it was tough. I guess it depends on how high you get. Like if you get to like level eighty something in Skyrim, yeah, nothing can nothing can touch you. I got you can you can you get mods that will make it harder. But uh, what's the point? I I I like the idea of you start out small, you start out. Mm very insignificant and then you 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 become this this uber this god of war essentially yeah so it was fun yeah I, the kid so max has been begging me for like a couple of weeks now he's like download skyrim let's play skyrim i want to move on to skyrim and um like ali i asked her if she wanted to start a character in oblivion she's like no i just want to watch you <laughs> Skyrim's great. You'll but Skyrim. Max, Max is funny. He remembers like the whole storyline. Like he'll ask me questions like, "Oh, the Dark Brotherhood and the like the 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 all the character names." Like he'll ask me questions about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hart had a tweet. He said, "Name a song that wasn't better as an Al Yankovic parody." You can't. It's not possible. <laughs> I started to think about it, and it was really hard. Uh, and even then, actually, Hart's the one that said it, it, yesterday was get drunk and listen to Weird Al Day. Oh, okay. So that's where I saw that. That's probably just Hart. Um, Maybe. I I actually went to the Wikipedia page because I was thinking, is that one better now? Is that one better now? Uh, and I thought, well, some people might say this is better, but it's a matter of opinion. 
The only one I could find, or at least what the... the, the I got one. one, American Pie. Then Anakin guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't like American Pie anyway, so that's why... But I was thinking about that one. Yeah, the whole The Saga Begins bullshit. Mm-hmm. But I don't like American Pie anyway. I think it's a dumb song, mm-hmm. so it didn't... It did, so that, that's, another, that's an example of, of where... That, I mean, I can I can honestly say that American Pie is better than Anakin Guy. Uh, I said I'd argue that girls just want to have fun is better than girls just want to have lunch. That's like a B side. <laughs> yeah, but I'm but I'm saying yeah. I mean there you go that that's an example. I mm-hmm. think girls just want to have fun is, is a better more like uh, more interesting more yeah it's a better song than girls want to have lunch. Right. But that, but I said, but it's hard to find examples. So, <laughs> I mean, fat is not probably is probably not better. It than Smells bad. like Nirvana, I think. It smells like Nirvana, maybe. But yeah, that was that was in my that that was one of the ones I was thinking of. But I was like, well, if somebody hates grunge, then they're gonna yeah. I'm trying to think of like something that nobody could argue. It's funny, you know, Max, P- way Pandora and stuff works, right? Max knew, he's, he's heard the saga begins uh-huh. dozens of times. And he's then we were in the, well, we were in the car, right? Dom and Clean. But we were in the car one day and American Pie was on. He's like, wait, what's this? <laughs> you, know, you forget about those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and Allie a little bit, you know, she's been listening to Kids Bop, you know, kids, not that I, think it was great but it's easy right because mm-hmm. it's it's hand selected to be poppy songs that eight-year-olds right. like that they're redone by kids is is second you know side effect but you know she hears the real versions of the song like oh okay i know that song that's a kids bop mm. song And uh, it's funny because there's so many, like in My Little Pony and stuff, there's so many like Star Wars references and stuff. So now that Heather or Allie's seen Star Wars, you know, she appreciates those things on a much deeper, you know, she's like, oh, that's a Star Wars thing. I get it now. It's a a good reason to be literate because you can always get all the references people are putting in. Yeah. And, And well, when she first saw Star Wars, I'm like, you know, Toy Story. With Zorg and Buzz, right? That was, you know, she's like, oh, and all that. And uh, what was it? Oh, today Max was watching um, Sonic the Hedgehog cartoon, and one of the bad guy robots was like, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B A B A, and then it goes, do, 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 do. And I didn't explain it to Max, but I'm like, Max, that was a joke for your dad. Yeah. Jeff Bear says, the more soccer that I play, oh, it yeah. seems the worse I get. How does that work? And I had an answer. So I don't... So here's a question. I understand Dunning-Kruger, yeah. right? And and I get it. The thing is, I when I first started playing soccer, I knew I sucked. And then I got better. And now I'm getting worse. Right. So I'm kind of leaning it more towards I'm trying to do harder things and I have higher expectations Well, here's the scary- than I used to delude myself. Well, here's how Dunning-Kruger works. Dunning-Kruger doesn't necessarily mean that people are dumb. What it means is that people just don't understand everything fully. And so... 
you get an understanding. Do you need a basic competency before Dunning Kruger kicks in? Is that it? I mean, I like I understand Dunning Kruger when I was playing golf, yeah. right? I mean, I thought like you get an occasional good hit, you're like, "Whoa, I'm awesome! I should do this more." And then, well, the more subtle implication is is something along the lines of this: you you feel like a novice when you first start. You get a handle of how things are working, and you start to play to that. And you start to get good at that. And then you start to realize there's a lot more nuance. Yeah. And that's when that's it. you lose, all of a sudden, it's you when the nuance becomes apparent, your previous ex- excelling at what you thought was what was going on is a lot less powerful than all the nuance is happening. And that's a general knowledge thing. Mm-hmm. Right. When you start to learn something, you, you start you feel stupid at the beginning. Then you start, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it. Then you learn there's a whole lot more, and you realize that there is a there's a whole world out there that you don't understand. Right. So that's done in Kruger. Yeah. No. I, okay. All right. So it is it is what I experienced, yeah. right? Where I sucked at the beginning, mm-hmm. I got better. Another. Um, Another little nuance to it is, you know, I've been playing, since I started playing soccer, I've played with three different groups now. And each group is more competitive than the previous one, right? So I, I got, you know, it's, I've leveled up from the first group. The second group, I thought were pretty good people, but we're playing on a small field with a small number of players. And then these Tuesday night games that I've been playing the last two weeks are on a full-size pitch mm-hmm. with 11 or 12 players aside, and... This week I played with the so there were so many people that they split it in the two fields, young guys and the old guys. Well, I figured, you know, I was like I was like looking who was walking each direction. I was like right in the middle, but I figured since I'm not very good, I'll play with the old guys. But there's plenty good old guys. The the point when Dunning Kruger became apparent to me was actually before Dunning Kruger was was uh, was made into a thing, or at least until before I knew about it. But when I, I was pretty damn, I was like pretty damn good at high school in my, in my little tiny private school. But I was like, I didn't have to do studying, didn't have to do all, any of this stuff. I, I, I could figure out stuff on my own. I was, mm-hmm. I was pretty good at it. And then I went to college. <laughs> and I went to a good college. And I found myself at the very, very bottom. Because I had not experienced that before. Mm-hmm. And I had not appreciated the depth of my ignorance and it was huge uh so that is i think what you're encountering it's a good thing mm-hmm. it's a good thing to understand your your position because at the time i was in denial about it uh you aren't in denial that's a good thing right so there you go I just thought it was a good tweet, right? It was a good tweet. <laughs> it's like, why Why am I getting worse? Like, it's like the last three or four weeks, I've gotten noticeably worse. Yeah. Because you noticed that you just noticed yourself more. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, it took me it took me longer than I'd like to admit to figure out what your cartographer tweet was about. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I finally saw, oh, contours are in 100 feet intervals, and how come there's... Well, the key's even wrong. Not the map. The map you can see in the picture. The map is wrong, yeah. but the key is also wrong. <laughs> Both the map and the key are wrong. Uh, 
it's not enough of the map for me to understand whether the key is necessarily wrong or not. But to me, the, the funny thing is the contours are in 100 feet intervals, and this is 2200, it's 2250. Well, that's, yeah. not, that's not 100 feet intervals. Right. But, I mean, right here you can see 100 foot, and then there's two lines. Right? Yeah, so, right, yeah. So the map was wrong, too. I pointed this out to one of the park rangers in a jovial, friendly, non-confrontational way. He didn't take it very well. He, he, you know, I was like, oh, dude, I'm sorry. I, I thought you would enjoy this. I'm sorry you have to work mm. the Independence Day weekend. I thought this would be a moment of levity, levity but you're an asshole, so whatever, man. Here's the last thing I have. Um, there's a movie out called The BFG. Yeah, the kids are going to go see it with uh, yeah. this week with my uh, mother-in-law. Apparently it's a Roald Dahl book. Yeah, Allie read the BFG in school this year, so she's like okay. up on it. I had never heard of it. To me, the only thing that I knew about the BFG was from Doom. Right. Where it's the big fucking gun. So, <laughs> see the BFG, I'm like, what the... <laughs> the kids movie? Mm-hmm. I would have been the same way, but yeah. I had a little preface where, yeah. you know, four months ago, Allie was telling me about the BFG they were reading in school. And I assume that's where the name for the BFG came from in Doom. Was they probably knew about the 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 Roald Dahl book and they they, they called it the BFG to be oh, really? fun. That's that's my guess, knowing uh, that it, it exists now. I'm thinking that the, the maybe my point of view is still as you know they just called it the big fucking gun, and the big friendly giant was just yeah, something else. Yeah. Do, when I still see BFG, I still think. I mean, now I know it's about a giant, so now I think big fucking giant. <laughs> I'm with you 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I got. All right. Sounds good. Have a good one, everybody. Bye. I'm waving.